Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. My name is Eric Skrzynski. I'm Travis Chappell's producer. And today we want to give you a little bit of midweek motivation. And we have three incredibly motivating people on this episode today. First up is Trent Shelton. He's a former NFL wide receiver and is now considered one of the most impactful global speakers of this generation. He reaches over 50 million people weekly through social media and nonprofits. And he travels the world sharing the message of creating lasting change in life. And he's the author of of the greatest you. Next up is Eric Kapitulik. He was born and raised in Thompson, Connecticut, where he was a three-sport varsity athlete. He then matriculated at United States Naval Academy, where he was a four-year varsity letter player on the Division I lacrosse team. After graduating in 1995, he went to serve in the United States Marine Corps as both an infantry officer and special operations officer with First Force Reconnaissance Company, 1st Marine Division. As a platoon commander within his company, Eric led a team of 20 covert operations specialists on numerous special forces-related missions, including long-range reconnaissance patrols, hostage rescues, high-altitude jump exercises, ship takeovers and gas oil platform takedowns. In 1999, during a routine training mission to prepare 
For an upcoming deployment to the Persian Gulf, Eric and his platoon were in a helicopter crash that resulted in the death of seven Marines. In response to this tragedy, Eric created the Force Reconnaissance Scholarship Fund to benefit the children of his fallen men. He left active duty after eight years of service and received his MBA from the University of Chicago Graduate School of Business in 2005. He holds himself to a high standard and always strives to do more. He's participated in eight Ironman triathlons, the Canadian Death Race, Ultra Marathon, the Echo Challenge, and the American Berkabiner Ski Marathon. He's also an avid mountaineer and has summited five of the seven summits, including most recently Mount Everest. And last but not least is Dan Martell, a serial entrepreneur who built several multi-million dollar technology companies starting at the young age of 17. He's an award-winning angel investor, having invested in companies like Intercom, Hootsuite, and Unbounce. Today, he's an executive coach focused exclusively on B2B SaaS, working with the founders from ClickFunnels.com, Proposify.com, Carrot.com, and many others to help scale their business. If anything in this episode is helpful to you, be sure to take a screenshot and tag Travis on Instagram with the handle at Travis Chapel. All right, guys, now we get back to the show. You talk a little bit more about environment. This is one thing, um, the show is called Build Your Network, and we talk a lot about networking, getting in front of the right people, changing the circle of people that you spend the most time yeah. with. And because I'm a firm believer, if you can change your environment, then you're going to change. And it's probably the easiest, quote unquote, easiest way to change because it's just a natural product of doing that. Yeah. It's like building a manufacturing plant that manufactures a different version of you. So the hard work is actually building the plant. The hard work is actually changing your environment. But if you can do that successfully, then now you just got to follow the process. And like now you, it's much easier to become that different version of yourself. So right. can you talk a little bit about like how to go about controlling or changing your environment? To yeah, I think you got to first ask yourself a question. Is the environment you're in going to help you grow to the person that you say you want to be? You have to be real with yourself. And if the answer is no, then you have to, do the hard work of removing the things in that environment or removing yourself, whatever, whatever it is for you. So for me, it was, and I actually tweeted this today. I said, you might be a good person, but you're just not good for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hard thing is that you have good people in your life, but they're not leading you to a better place that Mm -hmm. you want to be. So that's like the hard part, Mm -hmm. but you have to make that decision for your future. And for me, it's always operating for my kids and the higher purpose of my life. So I tell my friends in those conversations, like, bro, I got love for you. I'm always here for you, but I'm going to grow. I'm moving somewhere. If you ain't going, then you're only left behind. Ain't no hard feelings, but I'm letting you know right now. So it's on the plate. So another thing is, I would say, is one of the things you can do is check your text message list. Just check it. Check your thread and just see. Of course, you have every conversation doesn't have to be about growth or whatever. But if the majority of conversations aren't anything that's conducive to growth or helping Mm. your life or like real conversations... Like, what's the point of it? And the more that my text message threads change, the more my life changed. It was a reflection. Like, when my life was stagnant, wasn't nothing going on in those threads. Who won the game last night? That was it. Or this and this. Or sending me memes. But when I changed (laughs) my environment and got around a growth environment, like, it's a reflection. And you can go on my text message. You can see, like, everything is about growth or checking up on one another. And the main thing is, too, you have to make sure you're a reflection of the environment you want to be in, too. That's the yeah. hard part because a lot of us, we want these things, but we're not a reflection of it. Yeah. I think a lot of times, if that is the case, you're not going to be able to last in that yeah. environment because you know, people are going to see straight through 
those you know shields that you put up. I tell people that all the time, with especially with this type of a world, content creation, all that kind of stuff, and getting around these types of people. If you're not truly living those things, even if you put yourself in the opportunity, so even if you somehow like get the opportunity to interview the next person or talk with somebody or spend some time with somebody that's like really a big mentor to you, and you, you finally get that opportunity, if you aren't a living testimony of being a somebody who would be able to survive in that circle, yeah. then they're just going to see straight through that anyway. And you're not going to be able to sustain the ability to be there anymore. Even if you get yourself into the environment in the first place, which is a difficult part of the process. Yeah, that's know? true. Yeah, it's crazy. I had one question for you on the, oh, okay. So talking about environment, talking yeah. about getting, cutting off people that are no longer serving you, even though they might be good people. Cause right. I totally agree with that. I have a lot of people from my past that are very good people and I have nothing against them and, right. I, and I love them. I know that they love me, right. but yeah, they don't serve what I'm trying to do anymore. Therefore I cannot give them as much time as I used to. How do you balance between cut off, get out of my life and still not hang out with them as much? That's the biggest thing that's, that's difficult. I think for a lot of people is they're like, I'm not just going to be this different person and neglect all of my friendships. Like you're yeah. just being a, you're just being a jerk. And so I'm not being a jerk. It's just, they don't serve my goals. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to talk to them. I'm going to ignore them whenever they want to hang out or whatever, right. but it's just got to be a different type of environment. So how do you, yeah, I just, I just set up those boundaries. Like people know, even if I don't, like I've always been an introverted person by nature. So like I have, I guess I have no problem like being, doing that yeah. always growing up, but I let people know and they know it. I'm always here for you. There's somebody that could call me. I haven't talked to in a year that needs something. That's just my heart to be there. But they understand, and I'm clear in communication. Like, clear communication is very powerful. Like, I'm yeah. telling you this, whether you like it or not, I'm sorry, but this is what it is. This is my life. I only get one. The number one regret I read on Google is, like, like people, like, when they're about to die, is that they realize that they live their life for other people in a negative way mm. and didn't live their life for themselves. Yeah. And so I refuse to, like, get to the end of my life realizing that I held my life back for you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you were a person that wasn't trying to do anything with their life. Right. So, yeah. I'm willing to go through that hard conversation. People will talk about you. People will say you changed. Like, I have that all the time. All trends change. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I've changed. Mm -hmm. As Jay-Z said, we ain't doing all this work to stay the same. Exactly. Yeah. That's the whole point. It's That was the goal growing up to elevate our lives. Do we have to go revisit that conversation? That's the crazy thing. That, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You. That's the crazy thing is like, when you're a kid, you're forced to change. Yeah. Right? You're supposed to reinvent your life. You go to school every day to learn new things, to try new activities. There you go. You do the extracurriculars. You're at this... Try choir out, try sports out, try drama out, try all these different things. Grow, learn, be better. And then you graduate and it's like, all right, stay the same. same yep, you're like, right. Oh, why? You're right. <laughs> that a thing? You're right. Yeah. Even like you said, it, ma it makes a lot of sense too. Probably that has a lot to do with depression and just being in a stagnant place because mm -hmm. like you said, our whole entire life, we're evolving. And then you say you get to a point where it's like, oh, it's like a sin to evolve, evolve your life. It's a sin to change. It's a mm -hmm. sin to elevate. And a lot of times it is, and I talk about this on previous podcasts, but mm -hmm. it's a lot of people struggle like with, well, it's the people closest to me. And you have to understand this, that sometimes it's the people closest to you that will never see how great you are because mm -hmm. they're close. That's what it is. It's proximity. They're familiar with you. They have normalized your so gift. Yeah. You know, they've normalized right. you. And so that's why we can support celebrities because we don't know celebrities. It's like, <laughs> we don't know them. We don't spend time with them. But if you were around that celebrity every single day, you would normalize them. Mm -hmm. So it takes a special person to be able to see your greatness when they're right next to you. And I was like, if you get maybe two or three people on your side that are familiar with you, that know you, but still see your greatness. Yeah. Luckily I have parents that were like that for me. There's no telling to where your life could go, but don't hold your life back because of that validation. Because at the end of the day, if we look at our audiences, if we look at companies, customers, 
they're made up of more strangers than they are people that are close to you. Mm. So it doesn't mean that you can't be successful because those people don't support you. Yeah, one thing I tell people a lot of times, and just a little bit of context just before we hit the record button, I told you I grew up in in a very religious type of context. And so I have a lot of people that I know that very much disagree with like how I live my life. And it was very difficult for me to transition away from that. Just all my friends, authority figures, and and I'm not saying all of them that way, but a lot of them. And uh, transitioning out of that, the one thing that I just could not wrap my mind around, the one thing that made me really just be okay with being who I was and just saying, hey, you guys are going to have to get used to it type thing, was that it just dawned on me when I was really thinking about it and wrestling with it, that I am the only person that has to wake up every single morning and be me. It's you know, like I'm the only one. So why am I going to choose my daily life? And when my head hits the pillow, know that I'm living a life that I don't want to live just for the approval of a bunch of other people who don't have to be me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's where I feel it, like that seed of just like unhappiness and like fulfillment and struggle and all those things. Like it starts because you're living a life that's not even your life. It's hijacked by all these people yeah. that, like you said, to your point, aren't even really doing much with their lives. Exactly. That's where it comes from. Yeah. That's where it comes. You're never going to meet someone, I'm not going to say never, unless they're threatened and they feel you as competition, but you're never going to meet someone who's happier or whatever that's going to tell you, that's going to belittle your growth or anything. So when you put it in context and understand like where that's coming from, it makes it easier to deal with. So for me, it's if somebody throws me hate or somebody has a problem with me, I know that they're not probably happy in their life. And so now I have empathy for them. So I don't take it personal at all. Yeah. What do you think is like the ultimate version of becoming the greatest you in terms of happiness, fulfillment, productivity, all those types of things? Yeah, I would say a word that just pops up in my mind would be peace. I believe like being able to sustain a level of peace throughout it all like throughout success, throughout whatever, because success, like I said, success is, is tough. The more you grow, the more other things grow. And it's just, it's hard. I've been through my battles with that yeah. and dealing with your family. Right now I'm away from my kids, just that whole battle. So for me, it's about finding that inner peace and it's finding out who you are at your core. I think that's the greatest you like, who are you despite all these things we've been influenced by, all these yeah. things has been added on since we were children. Who is that person at the core? And I haven't found that person in me. And I'm still in that version of finding the greatest me. And I think it's a daily thing. What's the greatest you look like today? What's the greatest you look like tomorrow? So that's the journey I'm on. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters 
is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah. How, how do you deal um, with people? Sometimes one of the questions that I get is me, the, like if I want to live my life how I want to do it, I would just do this and this and I wouldn't be really productive. Like th- I have to force myself to be like this type of way. How do you deal with that type of a question when people are just wondering, hey, if I just was me and I just did what I want to do, then I would just roll a joint, watch, <laughs> watch Simpsons reruns all day or whatever. Like how do you balance, hey, I'm me, but yeah. also I need to be a better person. Right. Exactly. You got to, I think it comes down to definitions of the person and What do you feel like? I'll just use the word purpose here, for example, what your purpose is. Like, I believe purpose is, I was talking about in the book, I believe as people, we are purpose. I always say I am purpose. And so I feel like me being purpose, I have to evolve and I have to bring betterment to this world in whatever avenue I'm called to serve in, whether it be speaking, writing books. And so it depends on the person. If a person feels like that they have no purpose in this world, which is not true, they're going to think like that. But if you have a purpose, to me, it's you're obligated to be able to reach another version of yourself, a better version, a greater version, not just for you, but for future generations. What's the legacy? I think about this a lot. What's the legacy I'm going to leave? Like when I leave here, when I'm tapped out for good, like what are people going to say? Not necessarily say, but what are people going to say how I impacted their life or impacted this world? What are my children going to say? That's a journey that I'm on. That's what I live for want to be a Marine, then join the Marines. See if you're good enough to be called the Marine. That challenge, again, along with the experiences that I had in the Naval and Marine Corps officers I I interacted with at the Naval Academy, all of those things drove me toward wanting to be a Marine Corps officer. Hmm. So you apply, you interview based on a number of different factors. When you're at the Naval Academy, you either get selected or not. I was fortunate. I got selected. I was commissioned a a second lieutenant in the United States Marine Corps upon graduating. As I say, Travis, outside of husband and daddy is the title that I'm most proud of Hmm. and had the opportunity to serve eight years in the United States Marine Corps as both an infantry officer and in Marine Corps Special Operations. Why do you think that those challenges that were in front of you motivated you comparatively to a lot of other people that it just scares them out of trying to take advantage of the opportunity? Do you find that's more hardwired in you or now being like a leader to try to lead other people through those challenges on the other side of it? Do you see that it's something that can really be cultivated within somebody? (laughs) So it's, that's a great question. And I, Having reflected on that exact question any number of times in my life, whether it's at mile 100 of the 112-mile bike ride of the marathon or 18 mile 18 of the run of the marathon, when you've been out there already for nine hours, 10 hours, or I'm in a tent on the side of a mountain with it getting blo- the top of it getting blown in with 80 mile per hour winds. And I'm 
there and I'm thinking to myself, what in God's name are you here doing this for? Like, why are you doing this? So it's something I, I like, why do you have to do this? So I think that, it, that I've spent some time upon, you know, thinking about it. it in any event, I think really it started, this is the nature versus nurture question. And I think, and from what I've seen with my own parents, now as a parent, as a coach of youth sports, working at the Naval Academy, the last thing I did in the Marine Corps after special operations, for a brief time, I worked in the Naval Academy admissions office as a director of admissions. I, I really think that idea of, hey, go try the tough thing. Go try the thing that challenges you. It's going to be okay. I think so much of that attitude can be instilled as a young person if your parents instill it. M many don't. Many don't. M many parents, their child says, oh, that, that scares me. I don't want to do that. And the parent goes, oh, it's okay. You don't yeah. have to then. Yeah, you don't so, have to. They're so worried about seeing their child suffer or, or be challenged or be embarrassed or fail that they keep them from trying anything. That's right. And, and this gets back to, and I'm glad you used the term, this gets back to how do you define failure? Hmm, yeah. failure, failure is not finishing second or third. Failure is not finishing last. Yeah. Failure, failure is not getting in the arena. Failure is not getting in the race. Failure is not, if failure is, hey, I'm going to take this easy course and get an A. Yeah. Vice, yeah. I'm going to challenge myself. And you know what? I might fail it, but I'm going to give my 100%. Yep. So, yep. so much of that, how many parents have, when I was at the Naval Academy said, oh man, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to have John apply. You, only one out of 20 get selected and his grades, are, he's not a 4.0 student. So I don't think I'm going to have him apply. Wow. That's a loser's attitude. And yeah, well, that parent is, you're doing your child such a disservice. Sure. And it also guarantees the result, right? Like one way, what, like one way you have a one in 20 chance, the other way you have a zero chance. So why not take the one in 20 chance? That seems like way better odds to me. That, that's right, Travis. Look, you, the great thing about a bio is you, I, I get to, first of all, I get to craft it and then you read it, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody on their bio ever says, and now as I'm talking about it, I think I'm going to, as, as I speak all around North America. Yeah. Instead, everybody puts all their accomplishments. Do you know how many mountains I haven't summited? Yeah. I've had to turn around on. Do you know how many races I've finished last in? I got, okay, yeah, I, got, I was North-South All-Star and Defenseman of the Year my, my senior year. I got benched when I was at the Naval Academy. <laughs> so, again, it's how we frame failure. Yeah. Right. And at a very young age, parents frame it, what I consider to be wrong sure number one number two they allow at a very young age the this idea of this makes me nervous and if it makes me nervous then i'm not gonna do it yeah and that's when as parents we need to provide guidance we have to understand that as parents we do know better than our children that they don't make decisions we mm. make that decision for them that great i know you're nervous and that's challenging yeah. But you're going to go and do it. Yeah. And that, so that thing of it, it was it always in me. I, I don't know if it's in anybody. I thankfully had parents who instilled it very early that, okay, you lost. Okay. But did you give your hundred percent? 
yeah. and not giving your 100%. Now that's failure. So sure. let's frame failure differently. I had parents who did that. And then at a young age, I did little challenges. And we have to basically stress inoculate ourselves. Failure, losing, inoculate yourself. You have, you have those little losses along the way. Well, you, get knocked, you get the little knockdowns along the yeah. way and you get up and you keep trying. And then that grows and manifests itself at least in my life, to the Naval Academy and Special Operations and climbing Mount Everest. For it's, other people, it might manifest itself other ways. Yeah, it's, it sounds like really it's all about building that habit, right? The Building the habit of when you feel that nervousness, when you feel that anxiousness, when you feel that fear, building the habit of saying, I'm going to do it anyway, instead of building the habit of saying, oh, I'm going to just go lay on the couch and watch TV instead. I think that's the thing that parents are either doing or not doing is they're, they're building the habit that says that when I feel this way, it's okay to run and hide versus when I feel this way, this is when I need to take responsibility the most and go out there and face this head on. Because if you can build that habit, then every time something like that happens in life, regardless of if it's a fitness goal or if you're an entrepreneur or if you're in the military, whatever that thing is, you're going to have that habit of, like you said, it's a next challenge. Let's see if I'm up to, let's see if I'm up to it. Let's That's see if it, I can do Travis. this one. A hundred percent. You've clearly been somebody, Dan, who is not afraid to reinvent yourself at any point along the journey. When you come up against an obstacle that the past version of you didn't know how to overcome, you instead of turning around and going the other way, you decide to reinvent yourself and become the person that is capable of going past that obstacle. Can you talk a little bit into that for a second? And if that's a mindset that you cultivated on purpose and how can other people learn from that? I mean, I'll be the first one to admit that the person I am today is 100% the byproduct of all the great authors that shared their wisdom. And along that journey, I read something to the fact that you need to become the person who can deal with those problems. So the argument was life doesn't get better. And this is a quote. It's like, or life doesn't get easier. You get better. Then it was just a logical, like I'm a little bit of a systems thinker and nerdy on that side. So I was like, okay, if this is my goal in business, right? So maybe it was a million dollars, right? So a million dollars in revenue. I need to become the person who actually understands how to build and manage a million dollar business. So there's a huge gap between where I'm at today and understanding how to build and run and manage a million dollar business. So I have a whole lot of catching up to do. And then it just kept like that same process of, I need to become the person who can deal. So it's like, you keep adding zeros. I always tell my, I coach a lot of clients. I always say, just add another zero. And they're like, what do you mean? It's talk about thousand dollars a month and ad spend. Let's talk about 10,000. They're like, whoa, I wouldn't even know how to do that. I know that's the gap. Yeah. So let's focus on 10,000. Let's figure out the skills that need to be in, you know, inserted in there and we'll get there. And guess what? When you get to a 10, we're going to add another zero. And it's just, to me, that's just the way I've approached life. And I always joke with friends that if they hadn't seen me in a while, I always say, I say, hey, let me reintroduce myself. My name's Dan because my growth game is strong and I am not the Dan that you knew a year ago. And I'm definitely not the guy, like I still have high school friends that like, see some press stuff in the news and reach out on Facebook. And they're like, Oh my God, Dan, I remember this and that. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not that person you remember. Just let you know, just can't relate. I get it though. I get where they're coming from. It's just not me. And guess what? I still feel like there's so much 
for me to do. So I had this whole manifesto. I, the beauty of building a personal brand, I think one of the biggest benefits is the amount of crystallization around your ideas you have to come up with. So being forced to really think about like, how did you succeed? You know, yeah. and what was that repeatable process that other people can follow? So one of the exercises I did with this incredible person, I think her name was April. I totally, luckily I wrote it on the page. So if you go to danmartell.com forward slash manifesto, and it's essentially in my garage in front of my, I drive a orange supercar in the garage. It's on the wall. So the manifesto is something I extracted from probably five years ago. And on there, one of the 18 things is become the person who can deal. And it's that principle, right? And this, these are like, what does it mean to be a Martell? I have two little boys, seven and eight years old, Max and Noah. And we talk about this all the time. It's what are our values as a family? Renee and I, my wife, we have values for our family. We have principles that we live into and growth mindset. I just think it, it doesn't even encapsulate, yes, growth versus fix. No, it's like growth and then another level. It's like mm, yeah. knowing that there needs to be a challenge and who you are today. If you were enough, you would have already had it, but you don't. So there's a gap. And that's just a big idea I think people need to, to understand around that. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapelcom slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.